Lifelike, dolls have always been a source of amusement for children and adults around the world. But what happens when those dolls truly take on a life of their own? Welcome to Spooky Tales of the Pacific Northwest and Beyond. spooky tales of the pacific northwest and beyond i am jennifer who you know the host has not changed it's still me um today's stories are going to be about some haunted dolls um i don't like dolls i find dolls to be um fucking creepy and i don't like them and most of the time this this is probably some kind of traumatic experience that i experienced when i was a young child i don't know but dolls weird me out don't like them never have never will so so i've of course chosen to do um an episode that has to do with dolls today so here we go um our first doll is robert the doll um robert the doll belonged to robert eugene otto who was often described as eccentric and belonged to a prominent key west family um that's the key west florida um robert the doll was actually purchased for human robert by his grandfather during a trip to germany um, apparently human Robert's relationship with the doll continued far into his adulthood and it was widely considered a very unhealthy relationship that, uh, he had with this doll. Um, Mr. Otto would bring Robert with him everywhere and would also talk to the doll like he was an actual person and not just a doll. Um, Robert the doll was created by the CF company, um, which is located in Germany and was more than likely not intended to be sold as a child's toy at all. Um, a historian for the CF explained that the Fort East Martello Museum's curator or explained to the Fort East Martello's Museum's creator, Corey Convertito, um, where Robert actually ended up that the doll was probably a part of a set that was made specifically for a window display. Um, this display was probably all full of clowns and jesters, which for me, that just is like nails, stepping on a nail, honestly, because I don't like clowns or clown like creatures also. So clowns and jesters are kind of like, they're gross. I don't like them. Yeah, don't like them. And when they're dolls, it's even worse. Convertido considered that to be a little adorable, which no, it's not. Um, especially because his behavior suits that type of personality well. Apparently, the sailor suit that um, Robert the doll is also known for wearing didn't actually come from the company. Um, it's actually said that the doll, the outfit that the doll is wearing belonged to um, human Robert when he was a kid. So... I don't know. That's also weird. Don't like it. Um, it's said that when Otto was young, he used to blame every like mishap and thing that used to go, to, you know, whatever could go wrong on this doll. 
Um, most of the t uh, time, adults would um, generally like wave it away as a kid telling tales, which is not uncommon. Like kids do that. They will often do things that they're not supposed to and then blame it on like their dolls or their siblings who obviously are unable to do those things or even like the family dog or whatever. So kids just, they do those kinds of things. Um, so the adults would generally just say, you know, whatever, he's just telling tales, whatever. But as Otto grew older, even more strange, strange things would start to happen. Um, he lived in a home, which he called the artist house. And he would live in that home while he was an adult and apparently had taken Robert the doll with him to this house. Um, and Robert the doll would be seen from an upstairs window, like sitting in the upstairs window, which that's, that's just, it's just weird. Don't do those kinds of weird things with your dolls. Just they're dolls. Don't treat them like people make them do weird things. I don't like it. Um, neighborhood kids would insist that they would see the doll like coming and going from the window. Like one minute he'd be there and then the next minute he wouldn't. And then he would be there again and then he wouldn't that kind of thing, which that's just fucking terrifying in and of itself. Um, and all of the, these kids were afraid of the house and they all actually tended to avoid it if they could. I mean, same, like I would absolutely 100% avoid this house at all costs if I was these children living in this neighborhood because no, thank you. Sorry. I was taking a drink of my iced coffee in this wonderful, uh, glass cup that I actually created. So yeah, I love it. Um, when Otto died in 1974, the artist house was purchased by a Myrtle Reuter and Reuter would become Robert the doll's new caretaker. I don't know if Myrtle did so, um, willingly, or if it was kind of one of those things where like she bought the house and the doll came with it and there were some kind of conditions or something that she had to take care of the doll. I don't know. Um, visitors to the artist house would claim to hear footsteps running around in the attic that's why I don't have an attic. I mean, my house has a crawl space up, up, up above, but it's not an attic. Um, and they would also hear giggling from up, up in the attic as well. So I don't like houses with attics or basements because attics and basements freak me out. Um, some visitors have also claimed that Robert's entire facial expressions would change if anybody was bad-mouthing Otto in the doll's presence. Um, don't like that. Uh, Reuter would even claim that Robert would move around the house all on his own. So that kind of ties back to the little kids that would see the doll, like leaving the window and coming back to the window and leaving the window and then sitting in the window again. So no, thank you. Um, she got kind of sick of everything, which after 20 years of dealing with all this nonsense, I probably would get sick of it too. So Myrtle Reuter actually donated the doll to the museum where he currently resides. Um, even placed in this museum, Robert was still a popular little dude. Um, visitors have flocked to the museum to see the doll. And Robert has appeared on television shows like Ghost Hunt Adventures with Zach Baggins. Um, he's had an aura photograph done, which I didn't know that you, that's something that you could do. So that's pretty cool. Like I would want to do that because I would love to see the color of my aura. If that's even a fucking thing, like, I don't even know. Now I'm going to have to go look at it. Ah, here I go. I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole of 
weird paranormal shit that I can get I can have done. Um, he's a ghost tour stop, which I didn't know that was a thing either. Um, well, I knew that ghost tours were, were a thing, but I didn't know like Robert the doll was a ghost tour stop. Um, and he's even inspired his own horror movie, uncleverly called Robert the doll. Um, people, people can even uh, apparently be locked in the museum at night with the doll, which more power fucking to you. Um, no, thank you. Uh, people also apparently frequently write the doll letters, which the majority of these ap letters are apologies for being jerks to the doll while visiting because people who have been jerks to this doll have apparently claimed to um, have post-visit misfortunes and are actually seeking his forgiveness. I didn't write it in my notes, but I did read that um, the curator of the museum where he can currently resides will actually answer these letters in the pov of robert so that's fucking even more weird okay don't do that stop don't do that please just don't do that stop attributing people things to dolls like stop it it's weird that's how you know like dolls turn into ai and then ai takes over the world and then we're just for human consumption for ai consumption um, people even leave and send the doll candy because it was told that the doll had a sweet tooth. The doll has a sweet tooth, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, if this is a thing that people enjoy, more power to you. As long as it's not hurting anybody, whatever. Dolls are not my thing. So I will never, ever, ever see this doll. Ever. Because... It, it, I will post pictures, I'm sure, because everybody in this entire freaking world has probably heard of this doll. I'm sure everybody has seen images of this doll. I will be sure to post them in Instagram because the doll is creepy. It's creepy as freaking hell, and I don't like it. It's weird. I don't like it. So, um, as I said, my last episode in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, I am actually, I am doing a, um, Hispanic subject of some sort each every other Sunday because I've decided that because I'm going to do it every other Sunday. I do hope to start posting a little bit more regularly, you know, some episodes just because I'm starting to get used to the whole school thing. So I should be able to start budgeting some time to be able to sit down and actually do an episode once a week again. It might not be a full episode like these ones. It might be something different like Reddit stories or something like that, but I'm going to try. Anyway, so back, I digress. So back to um, my Hispanic subject. So in the whole theme of dolls, I have decided to do the Isla de la Muñecas, which is located in Mexico. So La Isla de la Muñecas is a small island located in the canals of Xochimilco, which is located in Mexico City, Mexico. Xochimilco is a beautiful area and it is considered one of the 18 barrios of Mexico City and is best known for its very stunning canals. Like I've seen pictures of it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's, it is. It's, it's just beautiful. There, these canals are actually a hangover from pre-colonial times when the indigenous people of that area were populous before the arrival of Cortez and his Spanish conquistadors and, you know, like them being dickheads and everything like that. 
Um, and, you know, their arrival actually changed the entire landscape of Xochimilco and Tenochtitlan for, you know, centuries to come. Xochimilco is considered a UNESCO World Heritage Site and is one of the world's most has one of the world's most popular amphibians that lives in it, the axolotl, which is axolotl is not how you actually say the word. It is axolotl is a um, Nahua word, and I can't pronounce it. I've tried; it doesn't work. My my mouth doesn't work that way, so I will call it axolotl instead of the appropriate word. Um, this this amphibian is native to this area of Mexico. In uh, 2003, a study of this very special animal. Now, this is a, this is an amphibian. If nobody knows about it, axolotls that reaches sexual maturity um, during its larval state. I don't want to call it a larval state, but you know, before full maturity, so so it can breed before it's actually been it's actually mature, a mature animal. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, they actually, the study showed that only 600 of them survived in the wild. And since the Grupo de Investigaciones del Ajolote in Xochimilco has worked to preserve the axolotl in the wild, including some reintroduction of a, this amphibian who is very nearly extinct in the wild. Um, the, in, interestingly enough, if nobody knows, the entire federal district of Mexico City is slowly sinking into the dried lake beds of long drained lakes as well. And this, I'm gonna harp on this, is a direct consequence of colonization of Mexico. Um, Tenochtitlan and Xochimilco were thriving metropolises before the arrival of the Spanish conquistadors and they survived and lived and grew their food in an appropriate way that was sustainable. And then colonization happened lakes started being drained and now Tenochtitlan, which has turned into Mexico City is slowly sinking into those dried up lake beds um, I think it sinks at a rate of like half an inch a year or something like that um, I digress I can get on my soapbox about colonizations and the very direct consequences that it has caused with some of the you know native populations and places and stuff like that but this is not about that so let's continue on so now along with Xochimilco's canals and the axolotl the area is really well known for the Isla de las Muñecas um, it's a small island filled with dolls that has since been turned into a tourist attraction the island is actually a chinapa um, which are there that's what the ancient people that lived in in this area used to um, cultivate their uh, produce. Um, they actually created these floating gardens on top of these lakes and then, you know, turned them into, and they were basically islands, and then there was the canals and everything like that. Um, this is also another beautiful thing that Mexico City and Xochimilco are known for. And um, this per per particular chinapa, chinampa, um, belonged to a man called Don Julian Santana Barrera. Uh, legend says that one day Don Julian, who was said to be a man who would rather just spend his time away from people, big same, um, discovered the body of a deceased little girl in the canals nearest Chinapa. Um, it's said that the young girl was playing in the canal waters with her sisters, but she was swept up in the currents and separated from her sisters. Um, this little girl was actually pulled down the canal in the currents to Don Julian's, um, Chinampa. 
Uh, it said that she he saw her drowning there and attempted to reach her, but by the time he did, the little girl was already deceased. So that's really sad and fucking traumatic. Um, a few days later, Don Julian um, would find a doll in the waters of the canal in the exact same spot that the little girl drowned, and he actually was really like freaked out because he thought it was another little girl who drowned. Um, but when he realized that it was a doll, Don Julian believed it belonged to the little girl. He believed that a part of the little girl lived inside the doll, so he took the doll and hung it from a tree in his chinapa as a sign of respect. It wasn't long before Don Julian began to hear whispers and footsteps around his chinampa. Um, he would also hear anguished wails through the night, though his chinampa and hut were miles away from anyone. Um, Don Julian would spend the next 50 years hanging more and more dolls from trees all around the chinampa to make the girl's spirit happy. Um, dolls are already creeper. As I said, I hate dolls. I don't like them. They freak me out. But... Um, <laughs> Hanging in the trees of the Janampa has uh, created a mass of dolls that take on an even creepier and per perhaps frightening visage. Um, due to the conditions around the area of Don Julian's Island, which is located, um, where it's located is kind of uh, humid and jungly type. Um, the eyes of most of the dolls often turn milky white or they just simply disappear because, you know, like that kind of climate, it doesn't, isn't really inducive for paint and all of that kind of stuff to remain. So, um, they disappear and they leave black holes where the eyes should be. Often the dolls are entangled in cobwebs and limbs come off. So you have a bunch of dolls out in the trees that are missing arms and legs and stuff like that. Um, some say that it's more than just a little girl that is haunting the dolls. Some actually say that the spirits of those who came before inhabit the canals. Um, the, those indigenous people who are wiped out by Cortez and his shoulders, soldiers. Um, it's said that some 30,000 bodies of those murdered indigenous people were thrown into the canals like trash. And they could also, you know, some theories say that they are also the spirits that were left behind to, um, gravitate to these dolls and to haunt these dolls um they think that maybe some of the things that have happened and have been seen on the island can be attributed to these um murdered indigenous people um some people have said that they have actually seen the dolls move like heads tilting and eyes winking at people who come to see them i would probably shit myself like i'm not even kidding if i saw like a doll's head like just fucking move on its own and look at me and wink I would probably like you would see me in like I would I would like Jesus walking across water run across the freaking canals and like straight across the water away from this this island and away from these dolls like I'm not even kidding like I would probably have a heart attack um, during the Ghost Adventures episode six of season nine Zach Baggins and his crew had an experience with one of the dolls on the island um, they were actually able to capture on video one of the dolls speaking with a mechanical voice. But when you see the doll that was speaking, it was pretty, pretty clear that the doll was very old and had been hanging in the tree for uh, several years. So there's really no reason why the battery should have been working. Um, I watched the episode and it was pretty fucking terrifying. I'm just, I, Zach Baggins is dramatic and... 
what's the other word I'm looking for? Yeah, I'm just going to say dramatic. Um, and uh, sometimes he does fabricate stuff, but that, that was one of his earlier, you know, seasons and they were a little bit more, I don't know, I don't want to say realistic, but they were a little bit more, um, reliable than his later seasons for sure. And that episode freaked me out. And it, and, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were dolls. I don't like dolls. Um, Don Julian was found deceased in the same spot where he found the little girl, um, in the, in 2001. Um, there's a lot of theories as to how he died and why he died. Um, one, some people say that he was the victim of the Nahuas who are said to inhabit the canals. Um, and those are, you know, just the spirits of the indigenous, not the spirits of the indigenous people, but, um, uh, they're hard it's not hard to explain but it's not really my right to like I shouldn't be explaining it but they're just they're a they're a belief structure structure of kind of like uh, of the people that lived there before kind of like spirit animals and stuff like that and they they are said to inhabit the canals and some also say that the spirit of the little girl just really really wanted Don Julian to be her friend permanently which come on spirits he was also old so you know um or maybe he just slipped and slipped due to his advanced age and fell into the waters and unfortunately um when that happens with old people and young people sometimes you just die um after his death don julian's chinampa was open to the public and people would bring dolls to pay homage to both don julian and the little girl who started it all um i would love to go because you can take a tour you like you I would love to go there not to the not to the island not to the Isla de las Muñecas like I would rather not go to the to the Isla de las Muñecas because I don't like Muñecas Muñecas by the way means dolls um I should Isla de las Muñecas literally translates to island of the dolls just so you know um I don't like Muñecas so I would never go to this this Chinampa I would never go there but I have seen pictures of Xochimilco and the canals and they're absolutely stunning and I would love to take a tour around the canals which you can absolutely do you can you can hop on a boat and they take you around and stuff like that there's also like little boat markets that you can buy like flowers and I think food and stuff like that um I will link some information about um Xochimilco like what you can do there and stuff like that in the um, show notes uh, it might might not be today though because I, I, I it's almost my bedtime um so next one so that was our Hispanic subject in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month um the next doll is Annabelle so we all know Annabelle <laughs> Annabelle has some movies yeah. Um, I don't like Raggedy Ann dolls also. So there we go. Anyway, um, Annabelle is another one of those dolls that has earned a reputation for notoriety, including a couple movies. Um, her story would begin in the early seventies when a woman purchased a doll for her daughter, Donna. I have an aunt, Donna. Um, Donna thought nothing about taking the Raggedy Ann doll home. And she actually took her to the apartment that she shared with her roommate, Angie. Donna was a nursing student who was in college at the time that she received the doll as a birthday gift. 
Almost as soon as Donna brought the doll home, weird things would start to happen. According to legend and to the stories, Annabelle had taken to moving around the apartment at night. I'm assuming it's in any. And would leave messages on parchment paper all over the place, even though Donna did not have a stitch of parchment paper, paper anywhere in her home. Um, apparently, some of the messages were directed at a friend of Donna's named Lou. Lou hated this doll and feeling was apparently mutual. Um, and he actually sensed something really off with this doll and he didn't like the doll. And, you know, I don't blame him. I wouldn't have liked the doll either. Donna had no idea what to do. So she actually sought out the help of a medium. Um, this medium would make a ch very chilling revelation for them. Um, apparently Annabelle the doll was purported to be possessed by the spirit of a little girl named Annabelle Higgins, who I didn't do any research on. So I probably should have did that, but she might not have even existed. Who knows? Um, Annabelle Higgins supposedly, uh, passed away when she was seven and then her spirit began to inhabit this doll. Um, so even though Donna and Angie were a kind of scared and a little bit uneasy about the doll, they decided that the doll could stay and they would come to regret that decision. Um, apparently Annabelle would come to attack the friend who was, um, she was writing notes to. So this is why I say the feeling was mutual when I said that Lou hated this doll. Um, and apparently she attacked him and left claw marks all over his chest after trying to strangle him. Yes. Apparently this raggedy Ann doll tried to strangle this grown ass man. Everyone was terrified for their safety as they should have been and any sensible person. And they did what any sensible person would do. They called a priest who then called Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren are an interesting couple of people. We're going to say, uh, and they might not have been the best of people and maybe might have been some fucking crackpots. <laughs> so let's continue. Donna and Angie would accept the Warrens' help and the Warrens would quickly come to the conclusion that the doll was not just haunted by a ghost. They would assess this doll and decide that the doll was actually a conduit for a demon. Demonology was Ed and Lorraine's thing and everything in their opinion, tied back to demons. Everything was evil and everything was demonic. Um, and they said that this demon was targeting Donna, which was really fucking weird considering um, it was her friend Lou. It tried to strangle, right? Wasn't it trying to kill her friend? Not her. Um, the Warrens, who had zero business at all performing an exorcism, decided that was exactly what they were going to do. To the surprise of no one, the exorcism didn't work. So they took the doll into their custody and on their way, they went. Um, apparently on the way home, the Warrens would run into a bunch of trouble. Um, everything from engine issues to a failed power stealing, steering. And they even had some issues with their brakes. Um, Ed would resort to douching the doll with holy water to get the disturbances to stop, which they did temporarily. After getting home, the Warrens would decide to put the doll into an exhibit in their museum located in Monroe, Connecticut. Um, they did this instead of bringing it into their home, which I guess I don't blame them. I wouldn't have wanted this doll in my house either. 
Um, visitors of the museum would see a warning on the case that taunting the doll could have horrible consequences. According to the stories and legends, any people who chose to disrespect Annabelle would have fatal or near fatal accidents shortly after leaving the museum. Even though the doll was locked in a case, it still managed to find itself all over the place in various different rooms in the museum. Um, apparently it would get to be so bothersome that the Warrens would seek the help of the Catholic church. They would seek out an exorcism to be formed by a priest who, depending on the priest and their training has, you know, the business of performing exorcisms, not to self-proclaimed demonologists. Um, uh, at some point, either before or after the exorcism, it's does the, the sources don't exactly say, the brakes of the priest's car failed, leading to his car being absolutely totaled. The priest, priest did manage to survive the crash and walked away without any harm. As a man of God. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Annabelle remains locked behind a case in the Warren's Occult Museum, even though the museum has been closed for some time. There have been many theories and some controversies surrounding the doll. Many people believe the entire thing was a spectacle created by the Warrens and <clears throat> falling under the whole possessed doll trope, which is not an unheard of thing. I mean, everybody's seen Chucky, you know, Child's Play, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's not, it's a, it's a trope that's used pretty often in kind of horror movies and horror stories and stuff like that. Um, many people in the science and academia world believe that the Warrens are an unreliable and untruthful source uh, who have fabricated many of the tales and myth myths that surround their exhibits. Um, there has been a lot of controversy around the Warrens that state exactly that. Um, the whole Conjuring thing, I think there was some controversy with the Conjuring movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, the original and all that. Uh, kind of, you know, Ed, Ed Warren performing exorcisms when he has no business performing exorcisms, um, them fabricating stuff. There's a lot of that of stuff that has to do with Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, Annabelle, the theories that they fabricated Annabelle notwithstanding. I mean, like they probably did. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, anyway, the whole story of Annabelle still continues to fascinate people though. And it has even spawned a trilogy of movies, which I've never seen. And I will never see, um, I, they're, they're all in that whole conjuring universe. That is the, you know, like conjuring movies, Annabelle movies. I think it's like, there's the nun too, is part of that. I, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not really interested in, I like horror movies, but not those horror movies. I could do without those horror movies. So that was our episode on haunted dolls. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what my next episode is going to be, but I do plan, I did find some, um, paranormal Reddit stories that, um, I'm going to read on the podcast. Uh, I, most of them, I think quite a bit of the stories that I found current that I'm going to be reading, um, have, are, you know, located in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, maybe some from like others, other closer states like Montana and Wyoming and stuff. So, um, that will be happening. 
Um, what else? Um, still got the Patreon going. It's not really kicking or anything like that. Um, you're welcome to join it. You don't have to. The best way you can support my podcast is just listen, share, make your friends listen, you know, all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's what I really would like. And I would love for people to email me at spookypnwpod at gmail.com. Any paranormal stories that they might like to share. Um, I've also got the Instagram at spooky PNW podcast. Um, you can send me a DM there if you would like. Um, what else? Let's see. You can find us on pretty much all of the, the podcast places now. Um, yeah, it's almost my bedtime. (laughs) I'm getting old guys. Um, let's see what else, what else, what else, what else? No, I think that's about it. Um, I do have a, I'm, I'm going to have some, you know, episodes that are going to be a subscription through Spotify. Um, but it, the same with Patreon. It's just, if you don't want to, you know, sign up or do anything like that, you don't have to, you'll be able to still listen to episodes and everything like that. And the best way you can support me is to just listen to the podcast, share the podcast, make your friends listen to the podcast, all of that kind of stuff. Um, if you want to reach out and if you have a, something to suggest, you know, for me, for an episode, spookypnwpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, keep it real, keep it spooky. Don't play with dolls. Don't do like weird people stuff with dolls. Um, yeah. Visit Mexico if you can. Look, if you go to visit Mexico, look at the, the heritage sites. Look at, you know, like the, don't, don't just sit in your resort all day. Like go and do things. It's a beautiful country. Um, yeah. Get out there. See things. Conquistador sucked. Um, Mexico City is sinking. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I hope you guys all enjoyed the podcast. Um, enjoy your evening, morning, whatever it is, um, commute, whatever, whenever you listen to podcasts. Um, and I will see you at a different time. Keep it real. Keep it spooky. Bye-bye now. Oh my God.